You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can find me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Follow Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing well. Also, uh, as we talked about yesterday, it's still that that feeling of transition from the uh, the grind of the regular season, yeah. and all of a sudden, it's over. The dynasty offseason is here, and uh, it, it's a good feeling, but it's a, it's a little bit weird. It's, it's something to get used to, uh, a little bit of a change. Yeah, it is, and a couple of us have a, a couple extra bucks in our pocket from our, our diligent yeah. work last year, and um, makes me want to get it just reinvigorates me and makes me want to improve on these teams. So I'm pretty excited right now. Yeah, hopefully. I don't think we even mentioned it yesterday, but I know you you took home at least one title. Is that right? I'm in seven dynasty leagues. I made it to the Super Bowl in three. Uh, the hyperactive two one's the only one I didn't win, but I won my side. So that was great. So two Super Bowls out of seven, one Super Bowl loss out of seven. I won the toilet bowl in the other, that which was nice. So you know that yeah. you pick up something, and then I got third place in another. So that was money too. I won the consolation game. So hey, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, very nice year. I ended up with three titles in dynasty leagues. Uh, I think I had six title games uh, this past week and and won three of them. So yeah, yeah same. Bad. I'll I'll yeah, take yeah. it. Could have could have been worse. Uh, there was there was a stretch there on Sunday and. And even on Monday night, where I thought I was going to get shut out, Ooh. which oh, that that would have been, yeah, that would have been rough. But squeaked out a couple of uh, of close title wins uh, to to add to the list. So well that's done. always a good thing. Well done, Matt. Today we are going to focus on listener questions. We ask for these every week, and and we get tons of great ones. And unfortunately, we uh, usually only get to one or two each week. We got over 50 questions this week. Uh, we answered one of them yesterday. We're going to try to we're going to try to answer the rest today. I'm sure we won't get to all of them, but we are going to burn through them a rapid fire style. I, some of these questions, Matt, are great. They could turn into full episodes, so we may have to come back to some of them. But we're going, uh, like I said, we're going rapid fire style with these and see how many we can get answered. I'm all for it. Let's dig in. We'll be try to be quick. All right, first question comes from Taylor. It's at T. Nathan on Twitter. In Superflex, how much emphasis should be uh, placed on landing spots versus just a quarterback talent? Example, if you believe uh, Justin Fields is the better talent, but is taken by the Jets versus someone like uh, Zach Wilson going to a better situation. Great question. We've talked about the Jets specifically um adding that rookie quarterback. I don't think it's a concern in this case because we're we're going to see a new coaching staff. We're going to see new weapons added to that team. So in this case, I'm not too concerned. But in a class like this that has four or five first-round quarterbacks, it's fair to consider landing spot. Oh, I think it's massive. Uh, that's one thing I've changed my tune on 
in this regard and you know backing quarterbacks in general i think landing spot is as important as the player overall i mean by no means am i dismissing dwayne haskins like he's not at fault here but i believe it takes a village to raise a quarterback and the village that he went to in washington was on fire before he got there you know like uh, darnold's landing right. spot hasn't been good um, I really think that it's more than just a tiebreaker. It's a very instrumental facet of who am I investing in. Does this team have a track record? Is it the coach I want? Is it a supporting cast? All the way up to ownership. I mean, is this a historically strong organization or one of the weaker ones? I think it's extremely important because in the end, a lot of these quarterbacks coming into the league have similar talents, but what they get to work with is not similar at all. What landing spots would you be worried about then? Would you be worried about the Jets? See, to kind of piggyback off what you said, I don't know. Be, well, if they keep Adam Gase, yeah. I'm worried about the Jets. I don't think they've yeah. probably winning yeah. two in a row enough to save his job. I, I want to know the coaches. Um, I mean, frankly, I was a little worried about Burrow. I mean, I think Cincinnati's a very bad organization over the years. They don't go out and help their people. They don't. You know, fire a coach when it's time to do that. But I think he's transcending that. Um, I would like to know the Lions head coach. I'd like to know, you know, the Jets head coach. Um, You know, for example, though, I guess the opposite situation is if New England gets their hold of Trey Lance, well, I think they'll turn him into a pretty good player. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, man. Trey Lance could be in that in that range for New England. Kyle Trask could be uh, a possibility for New England, whereas Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, we expect to go uh, very early in the draft. Next question comes from let's see, Charles Henderson uh, at Hiding FF Tips. Uh, any tips for a first-time dynasty player going into their first offseason? I love this question. Uh, hopefully, we have a lot of. Uh, new dynasty players out there. It's it's continuing to grow every single year, and we love to see that. Tips for a first-time dynasty player. I'm assuming that means wrapping up your first year of dynasty. Matt, what are you doing? This is more your specialty, but one thing I would say is don't just dive in the deep end and try to win now. I mean, I'm, this is kind of dynasty 101. I mean, this is first-grade sure. stuff, like... Uh, I'm never going to be that guy that sells my draft picks and goes gets five, you know a bunch of early redraft guys and wins right now and does a bunch of victory laps because the uh, the hangover for that is pretty darn rough. Yeah, it absolutely is. Other things I would throw out there: understand player value. Uh, there's lots of ways to do that. Of course, I'm biased a little bit, but I suggest. Uh, checking in on the Dynasty ADP that we put together every month over at DLF. But if that's not your thing, uh, track trades. You can do that on Twitter. Check out that hashtag, Dynasty Trades. There's there's tons of ways to do that. Also on DLF, if you're a subscriber there, we have a, a trade finder tool that you can uh, look for actual trades that are taking place involving certain players. Just, just understand the value of players and, and maybe even more – Importantly, this time of year, understand the value of draft picks, which is kind of what you were getting into there, Matt. I would also say make sure you're active. Uh, if you're oh, yeah. if you've just been a redraft player 
then this time of year, you're used to shutting it down and, and not looking at that league website for the next six months or so, uh, or maybe even longer than that. You can't do that. Stay active. Uh, identify the, the strengths and weaknesses of your team. And it, it's too early to think, I, I've got to go out and get that RB2 for next year. Don't do that. But look to improve your team and, and understand your your strengths and weaknesses. Two things I want to take away that I thought you said really well there is don't necessarily build your starting lineup. Like, boy, who's going to be my flex in week one? Like, you'll figure that out. You know, I mean, that doesn't have to happen in December, April, May, whatever. And I, I always forget, I always remember this example. It was the first Dynasty League I was in. I tried to open trade talks with a, a guy in the league and he basically he wrote me back and said, "I'm in I'm in fantasy baseball right now. I can't be bothered for the next three months. Get back to me then, and we'll talk." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> why are you doing that? I mean, this isn't for you." Yeah, yeah, and and there are there are dynasty players out there like that. That again, once this time of year comes around, they still shut it down. Um, that's hopefully that's a league to league thing where everybody in the league is kind of on the same page as far as either being active or taking that taking that break, taking that time off, uh, because you don't you don't want it to be imbalanced. You don't want to be the one active guy in a league where nobody else cares. And and you don't you certainly don't want to be the one taking the time off while the other eleven folks are improving their yeah, team. Right. Next question from at Drew Dre six I have Taylor, Chubb, Cook, Montgomery, Mostert, Penny. Can only start three running backs each week. Is now the time to trade Cook at peak value? Uh, Zeke fell off a cliff so fast. I just want to sell before the value dies. Uh, I think I think so. I think now's a great time to sell Dalvin Cook, and and specifically now while we uh, while we still have football, uh, while while games are still taking place, the Vikings are not making the playoffs, so Dalvin uh, has one more game at, at most. Um, but but I think this offseason, early this offseason, is the time I would look to trade him. Looking at that group specifically, uh, Taylor, Nick Chubb, those two are great. I'm, I'm still not buying or, or I'm still not sold on Montgomery, or even Mostert or Rashad, Rashad Penny as as long term options, uh, or reliable options even. But uh, starting out with with Taylor and Chubb, that's a pretty pretty good start, and and that does give you the option of moving Dalvin Cook. There's nothing better than having an awesome stable of running backs. I mean, it, it keeps you competitive every week. First of all, I'm not sure why Penny's name's even in that conversation. <laughs> I wouldn't even <laughs> mention him. I mean, that's fine. Um, but I think you're strong enough that you could move a cook. I would also consider keeping him and moving Montgomery, kind of like you mentioned, and we talked about him recently as well. But if I'm moving cook, I want to keep that strength to strength for years. One thing I think yeah, I want back is a future first. So in case these running backs do hit that wall, I have something in my back pocket to go get another first-round running back. Dobbins and a first rounder for Cook. Is that enough for yes, you? Yes, I love Dobbins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Next question from Sinska11. Sinska11. Hope that's right. Um, he says, What to do at running back the next couple of years with what looks like a 
not very deep 21 running back class and a week 22 class. Do we buy or sell letdowns like Zeke, Mixon, Gordon, Connor, Fournette, pay up for this year's rookies or the top guys? Uh, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I would be buying Zeke. I would be buying Mixon. Uh, I would not be buying Connor. No. I just I, I don't trust that he's even going to get a starting job. Same for Fournette. I do think those guys are are going to be super cheap this offseason. Uh, so if we're talking if we're talking a third rounder, sure, take a chance. Uh, if it's if it's much more than that. I would not be interested. I would not give a second for Connor or Fournette right now. Melvin Gordon, probably just half a step above that. He's also going to be cheap as well. I I don't think those three players belong in the same conversation as Zeke or Mixon, who I do expect to bounce back, both of them. Yeah, well said. And I mentioned, you know, my success and failures in my seven leagues. The two teams that are not so great – I need to, that's exactly what I got to deal with right now. I need to learn more about this running back class. I have a lot of early draft capital and I'm really light at running back. And I think, and I need to balance out, you know, what's the best plan of attack to do that? I think Zeke and Mixon are ideal guys to put an offer in on. Um, but overall, I, I need to learn a little bit more about the class, but it does seem like there's going to be a bit of a shortage and they're going to get overdrafted. And I don't like being the buyer in that type of market, even in the draft. Yeah, I totally agree. Next question comes from at James Z Ray. Would you rather have DJ Chark or LaVisca Chenault? We've talked about both of those players as trade targets, especially now that we are almost certain they will uh, be catching passes from Trevor Lawrence. That That's going to be the trendy move. Uh, trading for... For one of those two guys, Chark or Chenault, everybody is going to be suggesting that. I love that you mentioned it, Matt, uh, probably a month ago yeah. now, I think it was, and, and nobody thought they would be they would be getting Trevor Lawrence at that point. Um, but if you're picking between the two Jaguars receivers, who do you want, Chark or Chenault? I like both, but I don't think it's particularly close. I'll take Chark. I mean, Chark to me... His last year, his 2019, was very, very impressive. I don't think it was fluky. I think this year was an extremely fluky season for Chark because he got a lot of targets, but a lot of uncatchable balls. Very frustrating for fantasy. I think you're going to see closer to the 19 version than the 20 version. I hope so. I agree with you. I'd I'd take Chark. I do think it's a little closer than, than you mentioned. And I'm, I'm a little concerned about this year and and also concerned about, and, and I guess when you have Trevor Lawrence, maybe, maybe this shouldn't come into play, but their running game, despite their struggles this season, their running game was, was the key to that offense and really the only thing that went well. And I just wonder if, if that will continue, if they'll continue to lean on James Robinson next year. And of course we're expecting, a huge quarterback upgrade. I also wouldn't mind knowing who their head coach is, too. And we'll get yeah. that information soon. All right, let's squeeze one more question in. Uh, this comes from AJ Berg4. Of the top 10 free agent running backs and wide receivers, who are you the most confident is staying put and who is likely on the move? Matt, have you looked at the free agent class much yet? Uh, some. I don't know it like the back of my hand like I should. That actually. 
Uh, we should, <laughs> give me two weeks because once the regular season ends, I get into free agent mode while there's fewer games to concentrate on in the playoffs. Uh, Allen Robinson and Godwin certainly come to mind, though, that I can't imagine the Bears letting Robinson leave. I, I don't know how that would – I mean, the demand he would make, and really Godwin, too. If Brady's going to come back, you're going to let Godwin leave? I think those guys could get franchised. Yeah, I don't know what to think about about Allen Robinson because two times this season uh, we've heard basically threats of him holding out or, or leaving the team because of this these contract disputes. He clearly doesn't want to be on this roster anymore, and I would say that if they somehow end up with Trubisky as their quarterback again next year, that that would even be more true. Probably. Um, some of the other running backs and wide receivers who are potential free agents. Uh, we talked about Aaron Jones a little bit yesterday. Uh, the, he's, he's certainly the highlight of the running back class. There's, there's some other names that are interesting. Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, Bell and Connor. I mean, mm-hmm. we're digging a little bit deeper for dynasty purposes Mama there. Mac. So I would, Ugh. yeah, I would say Jones, Drake and Carson are the, the three top guys, you expect Drake and Carson to stay put? No, on Drake. And I think he'll be a part-time player like he was at Miami and Alabama next year, wherever he lands. Carson, uh, I don't know. They seem to really like him. I also don't know that they're big on investing in running backs financially. Yeah, I just don't know if the demand... Yeah is going to be there. The market is going to be be there for, for any of these running backs, which is pretty much going to be the case every single year on the, on the free agent running back landscape. Wide receivers, you talked about Allen Robinson. Um, Will Fuller, is, does he get out of Houston? I think so. Corey Davis? I definitely think so. Juju. Uh, you've, you've, said, you've said many times you expect Juju to leave Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, other big name, the last big name, other than Godwin, who you also mentioned, Kenny Galladay. I think so, and I think he knows it. I mean, I think he could have played these last couple of weeks and just doesn't. <laughs> last couple <laughs> right, of Right, right. <laughs> he had a minor hip injury. And this, <laughs> this is, is a year, is yeah. Three right. months with it. It's unreal. All right, Matt, when we come back from break, we'll hit some more Dynasty listener questions. Guys, I want to tell you a little bit about DoorDash. I mean, a huge problem in my house, and this makes my wife crazy with trying to prepare dinners around our house, is everybody always wants something different. There's only four people in my family, but my son wants a burger. My wife wants Chinese. My daughter wants ravioli. I want pizza or whatever. I'll eat anything. But, you know, whatever she makes, two people aren't happy. It's crazy, and and it makes you nuts in the house. It makes you just not want to cook for people. So one thing we've really turned to is DoorDash, you know, because um, we've counted on these restaurants. You get to support local restaurants. We're real big on that. And DoorDash kind of brings whatever you want for anyone, and they can come at different times and, you know, different practice schedules and things like that. We're not always home at the same time. So it works out really well. And DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is unbelievably easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Um, There's over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local go-tos, and that's what we usually chose to do, or... 
Go to you know, order Chipotle or Wendy's or Cheesecake Factory or whatever you want. Uh, many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Um, here's what you need to do, though. Right now, our listeners can get 5 bucks off and zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 bucks or more when you do- download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDON, all one word. That's five bucks off your your and zero delivery fees off your first order when you download the DoorDash app at the App Store and enter the code Locked On. Don't forget that's the code Locked On for five bucks off your first order with DoorDash. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Locked On Bets. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast. Open. Hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Matt, let's get right back into the listener questions. Next one, I've got a five-player keeper. I have Nick Chubb. James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Travis Kelsey, Terry McLaurin, Odell Beckham, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, and Tyler Boyd. Matt, that's nine players. He can only keep five of them. I I love keeper leagues. I'm actually only in one, but I I love the decisions like this. And when it comes down to it, I kind of like to go back and forth. I want to pick one guy that I'm certain I want to keep. Mm-hmm. And then I picked the last guy that I would want. So I, I picked the first guy to boot. Uh, let me say those names again really quickly. Who's the first player you would definitely keep out of this group? Chubb, Robinson. That's James Robinson. Gibson, Kelsey, McLaurin, Beckham, Ayuk, Pittman, and Boyd. So I want to know the first player you're keeping and the first player you're booting. I'm taking Kelsey. I'm keeping. Okay. All right. I think he's the, I mean, this is a more of a redraft take. But I think Kelsey is a fantasy MVP this year. Yeah, you can you can make a case for it, and and a lot of that has to do with uh, first of all, he's leading the entire league in receiving, which is unreal right. for a tight end. It's never happened before, and uh, it looks like he's not going to play in in week seventeen. So it's probably not going to happen this year. But uh, through through the games that have mattered the most, he's been uh, the pass catcher that has racked up the most yardage, uh, and then just the the, the value, the advantage he gives you at wow. tight end. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can definitely make a case that he is the fantasy MVP. He's the first guy you're keeping. Who's the first one you're getting rid of? Hmm. I don't think someone... Do, does someone jump out to you? Yeah, I mean, receiver is just so deep. I would actually... Yeah. I would say Pittman, Boyd, and Beckham. I wouldn't consider any of those three, honestly. Um I know I said pick one to, to get rid of. I'm, I'm yeah. getting rid of all three of those guys. I uh, just would not consider keeping them over any of the rest. Pittman's uh, the, the least startable name on the list. Right. And, and I like Pittman. I like Tyler Boyd, certainly. But when it, you're, it's going to come down to Boyd versus Ayuk or, or Pittman versus Ayuk or McLaurin. So that's, that's an easier uh, debate for me. Let's see. We're keeping Nick Chubb, certainly. He's my next pick, yeah. Uh, we're keeping Antonio Gibson? I think so. I, I really think in the redraft world, Antonio Gibson, when 
all the dust clears and you guys have your draft on Labor Day weekend, he's going to be somewhere between the 10th and 16th pick overall. Yeah, I love it. Um, And I know you've mentioned redraft leagues a couple times in your response, and I think that's very smart because if you're in a keeper league, five players or less, which is what what we're looking at here, you do need to keep treat it as a redraft league, essentially. Much different than our usual conversation, yeah. We're keeping Kelsey, Nick Chubb, Gibson. I, I say we're keeping Terry McLaurin. That leaves us with Brandon Ayuk versus James Robinson. McLaurin's a no-brainer for me, too. Yeah. Robinson. Yep, I'm, I say Robinson as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ayuk is a tough cut. I, I would not, wouldn't want to cut him. Uh, if I'm in that league, I'm trying to trade him. In fact, anybody you're not keeping, always try to trade them. Uh, that's that's always the way to go if you can, if your league rules allow it. Let's get a couple more here, Matt. Or even you know trade your fifth guy, Robinson, for a lot, and then you keep Ayuk. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. point. From FF underscore Dan Roman, what are your thoughts on Trey Lance? Have you seen much of him lately, Matt? I know there isn't much of him lately. <laughs> There's not much, is there? <laughs> Trey Lance played in one game this year. He is, um, yeah, he just hasn't given us much. His offseason, his his workouts, the combine, uh, if, if we even get a combine, uh, those, those are going to be so important for Trey Lance. And uh, this is going to be true of a lot of the players that opted out but I think even more so for Lance because, one, he's coming from that small school, uh, FCS, and he's, he's, also, uh, he's also a quarterback. So it, it, those workouts are going to be so, so crucial for him. I mean, he's, he's a player that was being thrown around as a possible top three, top five pick. I think that's kind of cooled off. Do you think he's a first-round lock? Oh, yeah. I think he's a top 15 lock. Okay. I really do. And I have more homework to do. Don't get me wrong. I think landing... Back to segment one, I think landing spot's more important for him than anyone. Like, I wouldn't mind... I know they're totally different players, but if he could go to Atlanta and sit behind Matt Ryan for a year, you know I mean? Somewhere where he doesn't have to be a week one immediate starter, I think that would be really good for him. You want him in Pittsburgh in that same situation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to give a crack at him, but that'd be great. (laughs) Next question from Nick L007. David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs keeper running back in a PPR league? Jacobs. I I want Jacobs still as well. I think he's a lot better at football. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Montgomery value certainly rising, but not, not quite to that level yet for me. I will say Jacob's durability has me a little concerned, though. Yeah, yeah, he definitely seemed to be getting nicked up, uh, yeah. uh, you know, pretty often this this season. It's It's been frustrating. Uh, I did think it was funny that Nick mentioned PPR. I don't know that PPR matters for either one of those guys <laughs> right, too much. Uh, yeah, I wish it I wish it did. FF underscore Mac says, who sh- uh, what should be my asking price for Melvin Gordon? I'm thinking a late first should do it, but would love to hear your take on him. Uh, I mean, Matt, if somebody offered me a, a, any first rounder for Melvin Gordon, yeah. it, I'm, I'm doing cartwheels, I'm breaking my computer, I'm hitting the accept button so hard. I, I don't think you can get a first rounder for him. If, if you get offered that, I would take it immediately. 
Uh, I, I just think we've seen it with Todd Gurley. We've seen it. I don't think Zeke is is done, but we've seen we've seen what it impact a, a month long struggle or uh, a couple games um, a couple games missed due to injury. We we've seen what that can do to a running back's value, and that could certainly be Melvin Gordon this time next year. He's had a good solid year. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm taking any second for him. I don't think he's a must sell. I, I think you could. You could possibly just ride it out with with Melvin Gordon, but I don't think you're getting more than a second rounder. No, I, I don't know that Denver will add a back. I think you might have one more year of status quo in the Denver backfield. But one of those leagues that I end up winning the Super Bowl in, I was a contender, and at the trade deadline, I gave up my second, which I knew would be late, and another one from a good team. And... The, uh, the accept button got hit in like four seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, it was a bad team who loved grabbing the picks, and I probably overspent, but I won the Super Bowl, and I really needed it back, and I started them five weeks since then or whatever. But that's the max. Yeah, yeah. And it's too much. Matt, after the break, we'll answer a couple more listener questions. I've been telling you guys a lot about Bet Online, and I want to tell you more about them. I mean, uh, we got some some football here. College heads into the bowl season. I'm super psyched about these college playoff games. I mean, they're going to be right around the corner for us. I, I'm going to watch every snap. I'm going to watch all these players intently for draft reasons, for dynasty reasons, and I'm going to put some money on it too, to just to make it more fun. See who I, you know, I don't have any rooting interest in these games, so this is perfect for me. So this is what you need to do. I mean, I think you need to go get in on the action. Go to um, you know betonline.ag and use our promo code because it's really the best web betting site that I've seen by far. And our promo code. There is Locked On, and that gives you 50% off your welcome bonus. I mean, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline. Your online sports book experts. Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchise. Tony Wiggins and James, James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance this week, or are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. All right, Matt, we are really going rapid fire now. Uh, At underscore Jared J underscore, I have Murray, Tannehill, and Hurts. I don't have room to hold all three. Do I drop Tannehill or or Hurts? Drop. I know. I mean, I guess every league's different, and if your roster constraints are that tight, then I guess it's got to be Tannehill, but you can't get anything for him. That's what I'm thinking. I agree. I would keep Hurts, but I would try to get some value. 
at Ginger Jumbo rebuilding in a super flex. I've got Jones, Alex Smith, and Wentz at quarterback. So that's Daniel Jones, Alex Smith, Carson Wentz, as well as the 101, 102, 5, 6, 10, and 12. Do I go quarterback at one and two in a super flex league? Lawrence and maybe Maybe. it's, yeah, maybe it's um, Fields or Maybe it's Fields, maybe it's Wilson. Of course, Lawrence, but the three guys you have aren't guaranteed to be starters next year. I mean, probably Jones will be, maybe Wentz will be, but you could have three backups. I'm definitely taking two quarterbacks. He's got the one, the two, and the five. I'm definitely taking oh, two. One five, yeah. Right. I'm definitely taking two quarterbacks, but I might go one and five and take Jamar Chase or Travis Etienne with that with that number two pick. Or chop uh, the two. Yeah, you got some flexibility there. Uh, this is next question comes from uh, Celia Phil. I butchered that name. Sorry, Phil. Kareem Hunt for a mid-first rounder. I say I'll yes. I'll take the pick. I'll take the pick as well. Yeah. Uh, at Rockchild7, is Logan Thomas a valid top 12 tight end next year? He was the tight end five this year, Matt. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's real. I think yep. he could be. I, I remember when we did our tight end ranks a month or so ago. I had a really hard time coming up with my fifth. And I'm not re- willing to put Logan Thomas there yet. But I might before long. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, next question from Buckeye Mail: Three best and worst realistic landing spots for Chris Godwin. Uh, first of all, you mentioned him already. Do you think you don't think he leaves Tampa? Is that kind of what I'm hearing? I don't think so. But boy, I bet Bill Belichick and all his money would like him. I think there would be a lot of great landing spots. We talked so much last offseason about the Packers needing a wide receiver and what a great landing wow. spot that would be. I don't know if they would pay up for Godwin or, or even a guy like Allen Robinson, but that would be a, a good spot for sure. Um, Miami? New, Eng- New England, Miami, yes. There's there's a lot of teams that need that, that second receiver, and – um, and in Godwin's case, you could be talking about the, a top receiver, the, the mm-hmm. wide receiver one. We'll no, definitely I'm... get more into free agency in the the coming weeks for sure. Ben Rolo one says, how do you value Juju versus Claypool straight up going forward? Matt, you know my answer. I still want Juju. What about you? I want Claypool. Uh, I don't know that Claypool's ever going to be a target hog, though. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we've we've seen the targets uh, and and the production in general decline in in the recent weeks, which is pretty fair. I mean, first of all, Pittsburgh has really been struggling, uh, and second of all, Deontay Johnson is just soaking up uh, twelve to fifteen targets a game. Yeah, and he will. Yeah, he'll he'll keep doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna gonna leave you on this one, Matt, from Pope underscore Corn. What should be the price for Joe Mixon? Uh, standard 12-team dynasty. Uh, Matt, you've told us almost on every episode that we should be targeting Joe Mixon in trade, so what should we be paying? I would say unless you're a total productive struggle tanking mode, any first-round pick outside the top four-ish, and you know the rookie's better than me. I'm not sure where my line is. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, right in that neighborhood. 
Yeah, if if I'm getting for one five or one six, I'm I'm pretty ecstatic for for sure. Honestly, it might not even cost that much. Yeah. Dynasty players seem pretty frustrated with Joe Mixon, and I think the the even bigger value on Mixon is going to be in startup drafts where he he could certainly fall to round three uh, or even round to four. <laughs> yeah, to me too. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt, that will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.